Hello listeners welcome to this week's episode of Visaro's biography podcast this is the third part of the biography of Christopher Columbus i am madi the host of this show last week we looked at how and why christopher columbus set sail this week we will look deeper into his travels which areas did he discover which people did he meet and what atrocities did he commit people from insignificant backgrounds gain unimaginable amounts of knowledge wealth power and fame and change the course of history where did it all start how did they overcome the hardships they faced what can you learn from their life stories get answers to all these gripping questions in visro's biography podcast listen now visro is the short form of wisdom guru and is spelled w i s u r u After the Emirate of Granada was conquered in 1492, King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella promised to fund Columbus's voyages. They promised to make him an admiral of the ocean if he succeeded. They also promised to make him the viceroy and general of all the areas he would discover for Spain. He could keep 10% of the gold, silver, precious stones, spices and other objects he could acquire from the new territory. He was also promised revenues and profits from the new ventures that would be established in these lands. Anyone would set sail if they were promised so much wealth for exploring and finding new areas. But in my opinion, it still doesn't justify the massacres that Christopher Columbus committed after landing in the Americas. In 1492, after making such a lucrative deal with the Spanish monarchy, Columbus set sail westward. He took 3 ships with him. These ships were named Santa Maria, Pinta, and Nina. After restocking his ships in the Canary Islands near Africa, Columbus continued his voyage. After sailing for 5 weeks, they reached the Bahamas, the group of islands located just a few hundred kilometers east of Florida. Thus, on the 12th of October 1492, Columbus had become the first European to set foot in the Americas. And that's exactly what you shouldn't believe. because Columbus wasn't the first European to set foot in the Americas. Indeed, the Viking explorer called Leif Erikson had already sailed to Canada in the 11th century. During his first voyage, Columbus met many native people. Columbus called these native indigenous people Indians because he believed that he had reached the Indies. If you remember what we spoke about in the last two episodes, You may know that Indies is the term that the Europeans used to denote the Asian countries like India and China. Columbus saw that these native people were sturdy and well built. They could repeat what he told them, indicating that they could learn languages easily. Yet they were not technologically advanced. They were either naked or wore minimal dresses covering only their genitals. Moreover, they used only primitive weapons. So Columbus came to the conclusion that they could easily be conquered and enslaved. He wrote his findings in a journal he maintained. Doesn't it infuriate you to know that he was willing to destroy other people's lives like that just to make a name for himself as the man who captured them? Only if Christopher Columbus had heard the saying, a great man shows his greatness by the way he treats little men. But sadly, the person who said that, a Scottish historian called Thomas Carlyle, 
wasn't born until several centuries later. But Columbus's opinion proves how many Europeans at that time could go to such an extent to just prove their superiority over other races. I'm sure that the concept of karma which many of us believe in today was not known to these people. Anyway, coming back to our story, Columbus and the early Spanish explorers classified the native people in the Caribbean into two types, the Caribs and the Arawaks. According to them, the Caribs were hostile cannibals who attacked the Spanish when they tried to get near them. On the other hand, the Arawaks were friendly people who were willing to help the Spanish. Some of these Arawaks wore golden ornaments. Looking at these ornaments, Columbus believed that the island would have more gold. So, he kidnapped some of them and forced them to show the source of their gold. But he couldn't find the source of their gold. So, after spending some more time in the Bahamas searching for gold, Columbus set sail once again and reached Cuba. Then, he went to Hispaniola, an island in the Caribbean. There, Santa Maria, one of his ships, got damaged. So, to make Columbus happy, the Arawaks gave him some gold. When they noticed that Columbus became happy at the sight of gold, they gave him more gold. Columbus noticed that Arawaks had nothing to do all day and were simply idling away their time. They wore golden ornaments and were willing to give them away to make him happy. Columbus was astonished by the Arawaks, who had no care in the world, had no desire for worldly possessions and were willing to help others so gladly. He thought that it would be a great idea to establish a Spanish colony near these harmless people. So, with the permission of a local chief of Arawaks, Columbus established a settlement in Hispaniola. Columbus and his men constructed a small temporary fort in this settlement using the materials from Santa Maria. This settlement, called La Navidad, became the first European settlement in the Americas. The men who had sailed on Santa Maria stayed back in La Navidad to collect gold. Meanwhile, Columbus and the remaining men sailed back to Spain. They took the gold that the native people gave them and kidnapped some native people to be shown to the Spanish monarchs. While returning to Spain, Columbus wrote a letter detailing his discovery and requesting a sponsor for his second expedition. He wrote that he had found islands containing riches and probably China was very close to these islands. He described the Arawaks and the Caribs and mentioned the possibility of bringing Christianity and civilizing these barbarians. Isn't that funny? If people who did not wish to wear clothes and did not live in established societies could be called barbarians, then what should we call Columbus, a person who actually lived in such an established society but had no sense of empathy while butchering hundreds of people who actually bore no ill will towards him? A maniac? A psychopath? A sadist? But I'm sure, no matter what word we use, it wouldn't be enough to personify Christopher Columbus and his actions. Anyway, let's get into our story once again. After he reached Lisbon, in Portugal, Columbus sent the letter he had written to the Spanish monarchs. The year was 1493. The news of Columbus's discovery spread through Europe like wildfire. Vasco da Gama would reach India only five years later in 1498. So, Europeans at that time believed that Columbus had actually discovered the Indies, which is how Asia was called back then. Columbus's discoveries were able to convince the Spanish monarchs to sponsor his expeditions for a second time. So, Columbus set sail on his second voyage 
in September 1943. This time, he took 17 ships and 1200 men with him, including farmers, soldiers, and priests. Thus, you could say that Columbus's first voyage was a voyage of exploration, whereas his second voyage was a voyage that started European colonization. While Columbus was getting ready for his second voyage, the Spanish people he left back in La Navidad, the settlement he had created in Hispaniola, started attacking the native people in search of golden women. So, some native people thought that Spanish settlers were actually beasts from the underworld who came to eat their flesh. So, they attacked the Spanish settlement and killed the 39 people there. Therefore, when he reached La Navidad, Columbus found the settlement empty. Hence, he established the second colony. Very soon, Columbus and the Spanish settlers he brought with him started building temporary forts in Hispaniola. Then, they started demanding the Arawaks to hand over the gold they had. The Arawaks, who didn't value any material possessions, gave the Spanish all the gold they had. But even after the Arawaks surrendered all the gold they had, Columbus was not satisfied. Columbus believed that Hispaniola had reserves of gold and the locals knew where they were located. So, he issued a decree forcing all Arawaks aged 14 years or more to bring a certain amount of gold dust every 3 months. Wherever gold was unavailable, each person had to give 25 pounds of cotton instead. When anyone failed to collect enough gold or cotton, Columbus punished them by cutting off their limbs or killing them. Each native tribal chief was made responsible for the collection of gold from his tribe members. But unfortunately, Hispaniola did not have such vast amounts of gold reserves. The gold that the Arawaks had given the Spanish settlers initially was the result of collecting gold for many years. Hence, even after searching continually for several hours every day, the Arawaks couldn't meet their tribute requirements. So, Many of their arms and legs were cut off by the Spanish settlers. Moreover, many of them were also tortured, beaten, raped, and killed when they failed to disclose the location of the gold reserves, which did not even exist in the first place. Therefore, many of them tried to escape from the Spanish by fleeing into the mountains. But those who fled were chased down using hunting dogs that were trained to kill. In short, the lives of Arawaks turned upside down. after the arrival of columbus what happened in hispaniola reminds me of a saying from my mother tongue tamil the saying goes like this iruka edam kudutha paduka edam ketana paduka edam kudutha veetaya ketana it can be translated in english as if you give someone a place to sit they will ask for a place to sleep and if you give them a place to sleep they will demand for your house to understand the context of this saying We will take a look at the history of my people. As we saw in the first part of the biography of Christopher Columbus, Europeans purchased several important goods and commodities from traders who traveled through the Silk Route who themselves bought these goods from Asian countries like India and China. Naturally, this made India very rich. By the year 1700, Indian economy accounted for almost 25% of the global economy. Thus, as a country, India became known for its prosperity. but people from south india who were called tamils because they spoke the language called tamil were not famous for their prosperity they were famous for something else their hospitality and they took great pride in that and that is where i come from
In several villages in the state even today, you will find houses built with a raised platform outside. This raised platform is called tinnai. A tinnai was not built for the benefit of the people in the house. It was actually built for the benefit of the travelers who might get tired after walking long distances. A tired traveler could sit or even sleep on any tinnai he wishes. In those days, when our state was actually ruled by kings and was not a British colony yet, every day, just before having lunch, the head of the family comes out to find out if any traveler is in the vicinity. If he finds a traveler, then he takes him inside and serves him food and only after the traveler has finished eating does the family proceed to eat. And if there was nothing left after the traveler finishes eating, the family skips lunch that day. The Tamil people did this because they took great pride in their hospitality. But of course, just like you can find a bad apple in a basket of good apples, a bad traveler can visit a family once in a while. So, this is where the saying comes from. If you offer a bad traveler a place to sit, he will sit on the porch outside your house. But soon, he will ask for a place to sleep inside your house. And if you give him a place to sleep inside your house, he will ask for the entire house. What Columbus and the other Spanish travelers did to the Arawaks was similar. When the Arawaks showed their hospitality by letting them establish a settlement, they asked for gold. And when the Arawaks gave them gold, they took everything from them, including their lives. In short, the lives of Arawaks were turned upside down after the arrival of Columbus. Christopher Columbus went to the Americas looking for wealth and fame. But there was one other reason why he went there. He truly believed that Queen Isabella and King Ferdinand were messengers of God. He believed that God assigned him the mission of helping them find the kingdom of wealth and civilize the ignorant masses. Arawaks were the uncivilized ignorant masses whom he must civilize. And the way he would civilize them was by enslaving them, giving them dresses and converting them to Christianity. So, he took 500 Arawaks as slaves to Spain while returning from his second voyage. Almost 40% of them died during the voyage. I don't know where Columbus got his ideas from. I have met and talked with people from many religions like Hindus, Christians, Muslims, Buddhists and even Jains. All these religions advise their followers to show empathy and humility, not to enslave people who don't follow them. But that's exactly what Christopher Columbus did almost 5 centuries ago. But what's even sadder is the fact that several people do the same mistake in the name of religion even today. Anyway, Christopher Columbus returned to Spain bringing around 300 Arawak slaves with him. He began his third voyage in 1498 with 6 ships. This time, he sailed further and reached Venezuela in South America. He recognized that this was not a small island and this should be a bigger country. He sailed around for some time, reaching the islands near South America and returned to Hispaniola. When Columbus returned to Hispaniola, he found that both the colonists and the natives were revolting against his rule. He hanged the Spanish colonists who opposed him. He killed the natives who opposed him by cutting off their body parts. Then, he paraded their bodies through the streets to discourage further rebellion. He also awarded severe punishments for meager crimes. According to the online edition of The Guardian, Columbus once cut off the ears and nose of a man and sold him into slavery for stealing corn. He also paraded women naked through the streets 
and sold them into slavery so unable to take his rule anymore the natives rebelled against him so in 1499 columbus ended the system of collecting tribute through tribal chiefs and implemented the system of encomienda according to this system instead of controlling the entire hispaniola as its governor columbus split the land and the native people among individual spanish settlers the natives hoped that by doing so their exploitation would cease to exist however their new masters the individual spanish settlers exploited them too they also cut off the limbs of the native people as punishment and sold them off as slaves well that's weird i can understand columbus being a maniac and torturing people but why would the other spanish settlers do it too what was the reason behind their actions in my curiosity to find out the answers for these questions i searched the internet and stumbled upon the stanford prison experiment i'm sure many of you might have already heard about it according to wikipedia the stanford prison experiment was an experiment that was conducted at stanford university in 1971 by a team headed by a psychology professor the research team selected 24 participants who were mentally stable and physically healthy they made sure that none of the participants had medical problems criminal backgrounds or psychological impairments mind you these are normal people who go to regular jobs have a family and lead a peaceful life the experiment was conducted with such people in a mock prison with 12 of the participants acting as guards and 12 of them acting as prisoners the role of each participant was decided by the flip of a coin the participants agreed to participate in the experiment for 7 to 14 days the guards were instructed to psychologically torture the prisoners any way they could so to destroy the individuality of the prisoners the guards started calling them using assigned numbers instead of their names they gave preferential treatment to obedient prisoners and encouraged these prisoners to psychologically torture other prisoners once when a prisoner expressed concerns over the treatment of other prisoners the guards put him in a dark cell alone and instructed other prisoners to bang the door and shout his number out loudly the guards permitted prisoners to excrete only in a bucket placed in their cell when the prisoners refused to cooperate the guards refused to empty the bucket so many of the prisoners started to accept that they were completely hopeless and accepted psychological abuse they even harassed other prisoners at the request of the guards thus as you can see the conditions in the mock prison escalated quickly and at the advice of the girl he was dating at the time the psychological professor ended the experiment in 6 days but by that time the prisoners had become emotionally traumatized and were relieved that the experiment had ended on the other hand most guards displayed sadistic behavior and were disappointed that the experiment had ended early Since then the experiment had been criticized on ethical and moral grounds 50 years had passed since the experiment was conducted people's mentalities at the time might have been different from the people of other eras and the people from other regions but if you take the experiment at its face value you can conclude that when provided with a chance and the assurance that they won't be punished humans have the ability to hurt others without a reason or remorse Was this the reason why the settlers hurt the native people without a reason? But regardless of whatever the reason might be, their actions cannot be justified. After all, their actions directly led to the brutal deaths of thousands of Arawaks. So, thousands of native Arawaks killed themselves 
instead of serving under their masters many of them burned their own crops hoping that the spanish settlers would die of starvation even though it meant that they themselves would die as well many more died due to overwork and diseases therefore the population of the native people reduced tremendously within just a century for example according to the online edition of the smithsonian magazine there were at least 100000 arawaks in 1492 but by 1542 just 50 years after the arrival of columbus only 200 of them were left the same was the case for other native people as well the europeans had also brought new diseases like smallpox influenza and malaria the europeans who had already suffered from these diseases had developed better immunity to them however these diseases were new for the natives in the new world moreover they were forced to work on a massive scale in gold and silver mines as slaves under these working conditions the diseases spread among the native people quickly and violently even if they developed immunity for one disease they were killed by another disease so many natives died due to diseases as well sometimes the outbreak of these diseases came centuries apart so the native people's population which declined tremendously due to the spanish arrival was never able to recover thus columbus's reign as a governor greatly affected america and its native people even his own spanish followers were not happy with him by 1499 the spanish monarchs came to know of columbus's tyrannic rule including his method of executing without trial so in 1500 they stripped him of his position arrested him and brought him back to spain but he was released after spending just 6 weeks in prison even his wealth was restored but even though his wealth was restored his poor administrative skills were exposed to the spanish monarchy so they did not want to sponsor him anymore but christopher columbus was somehow able to convince them to fund his voyage once more even though the spanish monarchs agreed to his request they did not let him be the governor anymore so in 1502 christopher columbus set sail with the new governor this time he reached central america however his fourth voyage was not as much eventful as his other voyages because his ship was caught in a storm and he and his crew were stranded in jamaica for one year moreover the new governor hated christopher columbus and tried to stop all efforts to rescue him and his men but help came eventually and columbus was able to return to spain in 1504 he died on the 20th of may 1506 aged 54 probably due to severe reactive arthritis a pain in the joints caused due to an infection in some other part of the body his infection might have been caused due to food poisoning during his voyage Columbus died believing that he had found a shorter route to Asia. Some interesting facts about Christopher Columbus. Christopher Columbus's voyages led to the exchange of trade, ideas, culture, flora and fauna between Europe and the Americas. They led to globalization and became a turning point in history. But they also started the colonization of the Americas and exploitation of the native people there. They also started the slave trade between Europe and the Americas. Christopher Columbus landed in the Americas on the 12th of October 1492. Therefore, many countries in the North and South America celebrate the 12th of October to remind themselves of their common heritage. 
the usa celebrates the day as columbus day even though columbus's voyages might have led to globalization one cannot deny his role in the destruction of the native tribes of the americas so many people in the americas today hate him for his actions and rightly he deserves it too in my opinion any person who can kill another human being without any reason or remorse shall not be celebrated as a hero in history regardless of what his achievements are he can only be considered a bad example to learn from and that's exactly what columbus should be i hope you could learn something from the biography of christopher columbus if you liked our episode please give us a five star rating in your favorite podcast app if you think someone would benefit from this episode please share it with them next week i will meet you with the biography of another historical figure his observations experiments and theories helped us the human beings who live on this world understand where we came from who was he what did he discover find out in the next episode of visru's biography podcast